podcast is brought to you by Ancestors. Ancestors is the UK's largest bleach-free, plastic-free and gynaecology-approved period care brand. From 100% organic cotton tampons, pads and liners to reusable period pants and period cups, Ancestors has got you covered. There's no nasties here. Period. Check out our range at Ancestors.com. Welcome to Sisterhood, the podcast with me, Lucy Lettuce, co-founder of Eco Period Care Brand and Sisters. Firstly, I'd like to caveat that when I refer to the word woman in these podcasts, this is referring to anyone assigned female at birth. I want the trans and non-cis community to be included and represented in all conversations discussed in this podcast. Each week, I'll be discussing everything from fertility, pregnancy, childbirth and postpartum life to parenting in general with professionals, informed individuals and those that have just been there before. My guest this week is sleep specialist Hannah from Little Nest Sleep, known for her own podcast, Sleep Like a Baby, in addition to her social media page, Little Nest Sleep. Hannah has built a tribe of mums following her for her friendly, supportive and relatable advice from newborn to toddlerhood. Hannah's engaging posts and videos address sleep taboos and help answer some of those burning questions we have, uh, often for me at least um, at 3am in the morning. So welcome Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love yeah, for you to maybe give a little intro to yourself sure oh well yeah thank you so much for having me um this is so lovely um yeah so I'm Hannah I'm an infant sleep consultant or specialist or whatever you want to say um I you know essentially my story is quite run-of-the-mill it's not that exciting I I had a baby yeah he didn't sleep I started googling a lot yeah (laughs) became completely overwhelmed with all of the conflicting information out there yeah and actually, I found that a lot of it was telling me that I was the reason he slept badly. It was my okay. fault if I did this less or yeah. that less or if I followed this routine. Or yeah. I felt like a lot of it made me feel quite bad about myself as a mum. Yeah. And I felt then like, this can't be right. Like, we can't, it can't be that all the parents are just getting it really yeah. wrong. <laughs> no, definitely. And also, like, going kind of to Google is sort of the... I don't know where most people do yeah. end up. So I guess everyone's maybe then feeling like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I became completely obsessed with his sleep, like on okay. an unhealthy level. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and was following all these programs and and using apps, maybe apps tracking. Oh my goodness, tracking every, everything <laughs> yeah. and felt like and spending so much money on different products and different services and different people and being yeah. like, if I could just figure it out, mm. then I'd be a really good mum. I'd, you know, obviously everyone wants sleep, but yeah. it, it wasn't just about that. It was about my confidence and ability as a, yeah, as a parent. parent. And yeah, I did feel like so much was saying like, well, just separate from him more. Don't give him that closeness that he's asking yeah. for. Um, yeah, you're, you're the problem essentially. Yeah. And then I discovered, I suppose, that there was like an alternative world out there. Yeah. Um, and I think this was when my son was about six, seven months old. Okay. Um, there's a brilliant woman called Kerry Secker who runs Care It Out Sleep. Um, and she was at that time, this is like 2019 on Instagram anyway, Mm. one of the only people sort of talking about it being okay to actually like respond to your baby if they're crying, pick them up, (laughs) give them a cuddle. It's fine. If you bring them into your bed, (laughs) that's fine. That's pretty normal. And I was like, oh my goodness, finally, there's someone that actually makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then I just, I, I just really, really was so interested in, in sleep, though, in, in adult sleep, in kids' sleep. Yeah. 
and it was maternity leave and then lockdown and I just was reading all these books and studying and actually my son's sleep did improve and I did find that I could still respond to him and still kind of trust my instincts and be the mum I wanted to be. (laughs) Definitely. And it didn't have to mean years and years of painful sleep deprivation. (laughs) Um, And I I just gave myself a break. It was just like, it was like coming up for air. I was like, oh, maybe all these people who are saying all these things about strict rules and no eye contact with your baby and you have to nap. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I had him in a pitch black room for every nap with white noise and all of like, you know, measuring the temperature and being like, right, well, you know, why wasn't that nap two hours? It needs to be two hours, that lunch nap. And if he doesn't have a two hour lunch nap, then the whole night's going to be awful. And all of these things, it was just so miserable. You know, I remember my husband going out for a walk one day, taking him in the sling and I was so anxious about whether or not he would get the two-hour lunch now. Yeah. And he came back and I was like, how long, how long was it? How long? You know, he was like, uh, an hour 45. And I was like, oh. So, so you say that you kind of, yeah, came into it from having a baby yourself. Yeah. But tell me maybe, if you don't mind, a little bit about, mm-hmm. yeah, your kind of um, early years or years before sleep special. Well, I'm from, a, I'm from a big family, so I'm okay. one of four. So I think wow. there was always lots of... Yeah, it was a busy household. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I didn't know this about how, like, you know, these memories obviously you don't have, like, because our memories in the first few years, they're, they're not, you know, we don't remember the, that time in yeah. our lives. But actually, my mum, I think, was quite crunchy, you know. Like, okay. She yeah, was yeah. a veggie, you know, in the 70s, 80s, she was vegetarian, bed sharing, breastfed us all into toddlerhood. Like, yeah. I, I, I think I thought that was quite normal. Normal, yeah. Um. And, that, you know, it's funny, I don't remember sharing my mum and dad's bed a lot. I think yeah. I was actually quite happy to be... But I always slept in a room with a sibling throughout yeah. my whole childhood until I remember being, like, nine and begging for my own room. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I remember my younger sister constantly being in my mum and dad's bed and things like that. So I thought that was quite normal, I suppose. So yeah. I suppose on a subconscious level, I carried that with me. Because I always thought it was a bit strange that mum and dad were allowed to, like, snuggle up together all yeah. night. But, like, the littlest, most vulnerable oh, members yeah. of the family are kind of expected to just be on their own for, like, 12 hours a night. But then, you see, then, I suppose, like, skip forward, like, 30 years, and I was... I wasn't sure if I wanted kids. And then okay. and so, and then I decided, my husband and I were like, no, let's do it. Like, we started really thinking about it. Yeah. And I was always really worried about sleep loss because my okay. sister had kids before me and okay. didn't sleep for, like, a long time. Right, okay. And I was, re- and other friends, and I was really scared because I really yeah. like sleep. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a nine-hour-a-night kind of person. Don't worry, I, I, yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, was, am, I was. I was too. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always really, really loved sleep. Okay. And um, I was always really nervous about that side of things. Yeah. And and um, so, but I was very much like, I'm not going to be one of those people that like changes when they have a baby. Yeah. I'm just going to live my life. The baby can fit into my life. <laughs> so naive, you know, <laughs> like um, if they don't sleep and I was like, well, they're just going to have to learn. Yeah. You know, people got to be tough with their babies. Yeah. I didn't get it. I was like, well, sorry, you can't just like feed all night long. Like you're going to have to get with a program. And I was like, and what's the big deal? Yeah. A bit of cry it out. Like I didn't. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm not going to be one of those, like, mums with their kid in their bed for years. That would be, like, that was the opposite of what I thought I was going to be like. Um, so it's really interesting how much yeah, you change. That, no, I mean, it. yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? I think um, maybe actually now is a nice time to kind of segue into a little bit about, yeah, sleep consultancy yeah. and, or, and maybe just sort of, yeah, I guess what you do, what you help parents with. Well, I do think there is a middle ground between sort of very strict rules and you know, 
crying it out and sleep training and all of yeah. those things and then years and years and years of bed sharing like yeah. I don't I don't think it has to be one of those two extremes yeah. and I think that's what I felt like when I was a, a new mum myself yeah. I felt like uh where do I fit in all of this yeah. because yeah we can kind of get boxed into like types of anti mum or yeah, the, yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah and I actually like I so I did bed share with my son for uh maybe like seven or eight months but I did want to move him into his yeah. own cot I did want I did want my bed back yeah. and he did move, you know, and, yeah. and he did sleep in his own cot and I was really lucky that he was the sort of child that could do that. But, yeah, um, yeah so I, I do feel that there has to be some support for people who don't, yeah. you know, because I think it's great, you know, if people do want to, like, co-sleep for years and years and, yeah. and do that and it works for their family, I think go for it. I think that's lovely. But yeah. it doesn't work for everyone either. Like, there are people who can't sleep with their kids in their bed or yeah. even if the child is in the bed, they're waking every, like, 30, 40 minutes all night yeah. long. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I sort of wanted to help people with more kind of responsive, gentle, I suppose, methods so that... Um, we don't have to choose between being like kind of zombies and martyrs yeah. <laughs> and all kind of doing things that maybe not might not feel right to our instincts. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, so I a, a holistic sleep consultant is that we are looking at the whole picture. Yeah. So trying to understand like who the child is, yeah. um, what's going on with their routine and their naps and their bedtime, looking yeah. at the rituals they have around sleep. You know, is is sleep a calm experience? Is bedtime taking hours? Is it you know what are what are what's going on there? Yeah, thinking about developmentally, what are they capable of? Yeah, uh, health is like a big thing. So obviously, I'm not a medical professional, yeah. but it's my job to sort of look out for red flags and yeah. see, because um, certainly a lot of the time there is something else I need to signpost and say. Well, you know, snoring, for example, you know, you've got a baby who's snoring and sleeping with their neck extended and taking pauses of breath. That could be a sign of sleep apnea. So actually you need to speak to uh, a, your GP about that. Yeah. And so making sure people yeah. um, investigate things that might not be right. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, feeding as well, I suppose. Like I've done a lot of training in in breastfeeding. And again, I'm not a breast, I'm not a lactation consultant, yeah. but saying actually I think maybe you your baby might have a tongue tie or they might yeah. actually have uh you might there's something wrong with your letdown or something maybe you yeah, could yeah, work yeah. on some new positions or maybe yeah. they're uncomfortable after feeds or something yeah. like that so it really is looking at the whole picture definitely um, and thinking about what we can control and what we can't control yeah. because that's probably the hardest part of, of the job is that there are elements to well with parenting right yeah we can do all of like <laughs> the right things and still have no control over the outcome and I yeah. think that's really difficult because I am like a recovering perfectionist and control freak and then you know in so many ways I think before I became a parent I found that if you have a problem you can sort of fix it figure it out research it then you have a baby and it's like they are just a law unto themselves oh totally <laughs> totally I've never felt that yeah <laughs> it's really difficult <laughs> really nothing is for everyone that's yeah. the thing you know i um, breastfeeding isn't for everyone, but it's it's great when it works. It doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Co-sleeping is great. It doesn't yeah. work for everyone. Nothing does. And, and it can change throughout your child's lifetime as well. Totally. Because, you know, like I say, like I I don't know if this was partly because I was quite influenced by sleep training stuff I was reading that I felt like I did have to get him into his own cot. Maybe yeah. I was also pushing it, but he was happy to sleep. And yeah. he would, you know, he would wait. I was quite... He went from waking, don't get me wrong, I had... My, I paid my dues for sleep. He went from like, you know, we had nights where he would literally wake every 30, 40 minutes yeah. all night long and, you know, would only sleep on my chest all night and everything. But yeah. we did get to a stage where probably, yeah, maybe by like eight or nine months where he would kind of 
do three or four hour stretches yeah. and I could go yeah. in and feed and come back yeah. and I, it was okay for then but yeah. it's funny because um he was then quite happy to be in his own, own room loved his cot yeah and then at about three and a half he he started to have like quite a lot of nightmares and oh. um I don't know he just started like I don't know yeah resisting yeah and and um (laughs) it's for the last three or four months now i don't think he slept on his own once really yeah so it's so strange we've had like two years of independent sleep and now we're like a co-sleeping family interesting (laughs) but then is this maybe i mean i've yeah as i say until i had a baby i didn't know all these crazy terms but regressions yeah um is there one is is maybe it could be that or i guess developmental the two things yeah. that when um, i have a girlfriend and we we mostly discuss sleep yeah. um we're sort of like okay is it a regression or <laughs> is it developmental and then sort of like the two in our head yeah. the two things it could be so so yeah i mean maybe if you don't mind sure. discussing a little bit about regressions yeah. and how that might kind of impact sleep so regressions are i think a lot of sleep consultants hate that term like, totally and i yeah, yeah i hear you and it's so funny because i think like 10 years ago no one was talking about sleep regressions yeah. like i it's such a modern parenting thing oh yeah well i guess it's trying to like um, categorize yeah it's like we're just looking for meaning right we're just looking for a reason and i think that's what it comes back to like the control or the understanding of like you just haven't you have no control over really what's going to happen that night you don't know what the night's going to bring so if you can say well they're teething or it's a regression or yeah they've just learned to walk or whatever we can just we can give some meaning to it and give ourselves a break i guess totally Um, totally that's what it is for me yeah yeah yeah. i agree and you know there is no evidence evidence for regressions Regression, I suppose, yeah. you know the only one that is i guess of scientific reason for it is the four month regression okay. which is the big scary one that everyone like yeah is yeah, afraid yeah, of. yeah um and that is because at, a, at some point between three and six months we baby sleep changes it goes from newborn where you have two stages of sleep to being more like slightly more like adult sleep with four stages of sleep right. per sleep cycle so uh newborns are literally they're either in like deep sleep or active sleep there's no like and yeah i'm getting too technical but no no there no, are no, two stages of sleep you know newborn it, sleep is very different so um rem yeah is that the deep sleep that's active sleep oh that's yeah. active sleep yeah oh okay so your brain is is as active during rem as it is when you're awake it's just that your body is yeah paralyzed <laughs> yeah so that's when they're learning memories are forming the brain is building yeah. whereas like deep sleep is sort of when your body's on like restore mode so it's like repairing cells releasing growth hormones and that's that first half of the night normally for when your baby's about six months plus that's when you'll do they often do that long stretch after bedtime not always sadly but (laughs) if they do that's when they're sort of in like rebooting the brain and like kind of just yeah really really deep sleep and so when the newborn falls asleep they go straight into rem okay whereas every anyone that isn't a newborn actually goes through like three or four stages of sleep before they reach REM. Right. So there's a lot of change. They call it like our sleep architecture. And like okay. our sleep cycles do change a lot at yeah. around three to f- three, four, five months. So you're, when that baby goes through that sort of regression, they're essentially experiencing lighter stages of sleep that they've yeah. never experienced before. So they might become more wakeful. They might become um, harder to settle certain times or prefer different things you know you might have had a baby that you just plonk down into a bassinet yeah, 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 <laughs> one yeah. day and the next they're like 
wide-eyed, like, no, you're gonna, I'm gonna need a lot more from you right now. So that happens. Um, but I guess like what a lot of people don't like about the term regression is it implies that a child is like going, going backwards, back. yeah. and actually like they are progressing, they are getting like it's yeah, a good thing, definitely. Um, and so often what we see is these like developmental peaks throughout infancy that correlate with poor with change sleep yeah. wakefulness right. or okay. resisting sleep whatever and because there is so much happening in the brain when we sleep you yeah. know so if you are learning to crawl or roll or um put sounds together or whatever big like cognitive thing or physical yeah. thing they're going through it, it's quite likely that the sleep will be impacted by that so i yeah. guess you know there's like the the eight month regression um, which is kind of like another famous one, or the twelve month regression, or the, you know. And actually, it's just that often at around eight months, there's often like a bit of a um, a, a combination of things that are happening. So often yeah. at eight months or seven to eight months, your baby's probably well. Sometimes they're learning to crawl or they're trying to. Often they're like making more sounds, yeah. making new babbling sounds. Um, they are um, often dropping a nap, so they might be going from three naps yeah. to two. Which yeah. may, so that can affect their sleep, make them maybe a bit more overtired at certain points. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and also, like, emotionally, there's loads going on. So in terms of, like, separation anxiety, yeah. um, object permanence, so understanding that people still exist if they're not in oh. the room, those sorts of yeah. things. Um uh, but ultimately, every child's different. So what? So what I hate about regressions is saying like, oh, you know, I used to live in fear, like, oh, dreading when he turned yeah. eight months because I've heard there's a regression at that age. Yeah. The truth is, like, my son didn't even have an eight-month regression, yeah. but I think probably nine months or eight, ten months was a disaster. You know, so, yeah, totally. It, I it mean, can go at yeah. any time. And then there's always the teething and the illness and the... Yeah. It's just often it's just like this perfect, perfect storm sometimes where everything's happening at once, but... The truth is sleep can go up and down at any age, yeah. um, but often de- development will just ruin things. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. <laughs> and um, I have a question. If he doesn't have a long enough naps or enough naps during the day, then he won't sleep well at night. Mm-hmm. But also if he oversleeps during the day, he won't sleep well at night. Yeah. So it's sort of like you. There's a, there seems to be a sweet spot. So yeah. Are you able to, maybe it's not possible, to unpick or maybe even explain what what the kind of the best explanation is for napping during the day and what, you know, a good yeah. period or number is um, versus sleeping at night and or sleeping through the night yeah. and how it works? Because yeah. I, I, I think I use phrase like, um, you know, fighting sleep and then, you know, um, hormones that, that, you know, make you continue to fight sleep. You know, and actually yeah. I'm like, I, is this right? Yeah, please help. Yeah, yeah. How does that, so our daytime, like a baby's daytime, absolutely can impact their night. Okay, um, but I think a bit too much emphasis is put on it. Okay, interesting. And every child is really different. Yeah. So there are some babies who what we call like low, who are just low sleep needs. Yeah. And they are the ones that, that you might always find every nap is a struggle. They yeah. don't follow any of like the the app recommendations or they're just always wide awake and they just are actually perfectly happy maybe they've only had like an hour's sleep all day but they're fine yeah and you know what they're quite settled in their nights they might still wake but they're not like unsettled hard to get back to sleep they're just doing their thing those parents with low sleep needs babies often feel quite alone or quite like they're doing something wrong like why doesn't my child take those epic long naps or whatever but they just don't need it in the same way there are adults that are fine on six seven hours sleep a night and then they've got people like me who desperately need totally (laughs) all the sleep so and some babies are really sleepy as well like okay it can be just as annoying actually having a high sleep needs child because then 
if you've got a child who really does need a lot of sleep mm. and they aren't getting it, then you will have a really cranky, miserable baby. And yeah. I suppose that the the science is, I suppose, that, um, you know, we all... we have There are two systems that um, affect how we sleep. So there's the circadian rhythm, that's our body clock. And then, then we have our sleep pressure system and they're totally, totally separate. So sleep pressure is just the feeling of tiredness that builds up throughout the day, right? Yeah. It's a chemical called adenosine and the higher your adenosine, the more tired you feel. Right. So when you drink coffee, that inhibits your adenosine production and that's why you right. feel less tired when okay. you drink it. So, yeah. you know, adults, we can obviously go a good, well, I don't know, depends how tired <laughs> we are, but a normal adult who's getting sleep, it could go, you know, obviously like... 16 17 hours yeah before their adenosine is so high that they fall asleep yeah um uh whereas a baby has really fast building sleep pressure so they're just that's why they nap they need to sleep regularly to take their edge off and what happens if we if we skip if we fight sleep so we know this as adults you know if we power on through if we have a late night or whatever yeah then you know we have a there's adrenaline and cortisol and things like that that sort of our backup yeah, systems yeah, to give yeah. us the energy um and what happens as well this is true for adults if we are really really exhausted and we go to bed super super late we our brains go straight to the deep sleep so you know that feeling of like well, i know you do <laughs> <laughs> the he- the moment your head hits the yeah. pillow you're out yeah totally and you you don't know if you've been asleep for two seconds yeah. or two years like yeah. it, it, you just feel dead to the world that is that's what happens when you're overtired essentially yeah. your brain it's very good at getting the sleep it needs. It's like, skip the light stages of sleep. We don't need that. Just go to like the really deep sleep straight away. So yeah. if a baby's never is always going straight into the deep sleep, they've got a lot of cortisol, got a lot of adrenaline, they're like really not getting the sleep they need, then they will become a bit unti- overtired. Yeah. They will become unsettled. They might wake more frequently. They might just be a bit like a bit grumpy and a bit unsettled. Yeah. But... I think we focus a lot on overtiredness. And yeah. I think a lot of people think their children are overtired when actually they're fine they're and fine. they're just yeah. a bit tired and, you know, they'll yeah. catch up. So, um, yeah, but I think in the sleep training world, there's a lot of focus on overtiredness because the goal there is to make a child um, settle themselves in the in the cot themselves. Yeah. That's like the whole thing. Yeah. Like they have to go in drowsy but awake. And so you have to be in a really, really good mood to be able to do that. So if you're a bit grumpy... You're going to need a bit of an extra yeah. cuddle or whatever. So yeah. I think that's where the focus on overtiredness comes from because that's like, yeah, your child's going to cry more if they're overtired. So therefore you've got to avoid it at all costs. Yeah. But um, yeah, so essentially, you know, if your child is really, you know, if you have a baby that does need to nap really regularly in the day and get a good, good sleep and they're not, then they might be unsettled at night, but they also might be fine. Yeah. <laughs> If we have a day of pretty good naps and then I think, okay, great, we're going to have a good night. And sometimes we do have a good night. Yeah. And in the morning, I think to myself, okay, let's just replicate yesterday. Yeah. And number one, it's impossible to yeah. replicate. And yeah. number two, even when you do manage to, yeah, I, I, I can guarantee that the evening, the sleep at night will not be the same. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. No, that's the thing. <laughs> that's that's the thing. And um, and how many times have you had a day where you think, God, this can be the night from hell? Yeah. And they've oh, totally. And it's fine. Yeah, and it's fine. Or maybe even better. Yeah. You know? So a couple of times we've discussed sleep training. So mm-hmm. for anyone listening who is kind of completely new to sleep, yeah. would you mind just giving a little yeah. kind of explanation of sleep training? Sure. So sleep training is, um, I suppose, the process of. Um, conditioning a child to fall asleep without any parental support so um instead of like rocking or feeding or cuddling your child's sleep you would put them into their um sleep space awake 
and they would like settle themselves to sleep. Um, now for some really like easygoing sleepy babies, actually they just do this naturally. Like it's not even a thing and those are like the unicorn babies. It's great. (laughs) I'm so jealous of them. Yeah. Miracle babies. And they just do that. And that's just their, that's just their temperament. Yeah. Um, for most babies, though, when you put them into a cot awake, they'll often just like freak out and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, because, you know, our nervous system is very undeveloped in, in infancy and we need um, all of us in order to sleep well, need to feel calm and, and secure where we are yeah. um, and relaxed. It's the same if, you know, if you're trying to fall asleep and you can smell smoke from your kitchen or if, did yeah. I lock the front door? Like yeah. you can't switch your brain. Totally. Off. You, you need to feel calm. So babies normally feel calmest when their like primary caregiver is kind of giving them lots of affection and helped them you know rocking or feeding or something to help them get into that calmest zone and then they can fall asleep um so I says what sleep training does is it normally requires um involved like leaving a child in a state of distress either you know some people will close the door and and leave them Um, to it until for as long as it takes other people will go in maybe it five, ten minute intervals, pick them up, put them back down. Yeah. There's lots of different methods, I suppose. Um, um, but, yeah, you know, and there's some variations, I suppose. There's lots of, there's so many different approaches that yeah, people take. Definitely. And it's obviously a hot topic. It's very controversial yeah. in the parenting world. Um I, uh, you know, I am pragmatic. Like, I do think that people need to do what they need to do. And yeah. I wouldn't, I genuinely wouldn't ever judge anyone. I tried to, it with my son, myself. Like, it just didn't work for mm. us. Um, and it wasn't for me, but I did give it a go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I have a friend of a friend who said that she was going back to work and um, she was breastfeeding, but she basically wanted to have more of a routine so that her partner could kind of support more. So they did start sleep training and um, the partner found it so difficult that at one point he just left the house. He he was like, I just can't deal with this. And I think that really is really stuck with me because I just think as, you know, parents, you have these amazing bundles of joy to love and care for and, you know, to think that, what you're doing is distressing you so much that you just can't even yeah. cope. It's just, it's very sad. Yeah, I think the thing for me was, so I tried it and I found it way, way, way too difficult. Like it really, you know, I, I just couldn't do it. Mm. it just, uh, But, you know, sometimes I wonder, would I have a completely different career if I had a baby <laughs> with a really easy yeah. going, different temperament for whom it was like 30 seconds of whimpering and he was asleep? Yeah. I don't know. But he screamed and screamed and it was really, really hard and we just had to abandon it after about 30 or 40 minutes. It just yeah. wasn't f- for us. Um, but lots of my friends were doing it. Yeah. Um, and I was incredibly jealous because mm. like they were having these like blissful nights of 12 hours and sleep. And I was just like on my knees with jealousy and just couldn't believe yeah. it. But then I saw they'd go on holiday or their child would get sick or have a tooth and they had to do it again. Yeah. And I fa- I saw my friends and like my antenatal group and things doing it every two, two months. Yeah. Um, some of which continued to sleep train for like two to three years. Like mm. every every time that something happened, something changed in the kid's life or they got more developed or they started to talk and say, I want to cuddle or whatever, they had to go back to the method of yeah. um, crying it out. And I just thought I, this actually isn't as successful yeah. as all of like the books and the what marketing mm. Instagram yeah. people are yeah. saying it is um, because I certainly don't know anyone whose child just sleeps through yeah. every night their whole life. Whole life, yeah. Like if, the, if you've got a real sleep crisis and something really isn't going 
well. And I would always say, like, I'd look at your baby, like, are they really unsettled? Are they mm. really struggling or something? And mm. often there are things like allergies or, um, yeah, like a, a, a sleep condition or something yeah. going on. Like, sometimes yeah. there are major problems that do need addressing. Yeah. And so if your baby is really upset, they're really crying a lot at night, they're really hard to soothe, they're really struggling, or they are super overtired, or they are yeah. just, oh, they're really, really low sleep needs, and you're fighting, trying to get them to sleep more, and they actually don't need it, you know, there might be something going on. But generally, if your baby is kind of waking, needing a bit of support, going back to sleep, doing decent itch yeah. stretches, you're okay, it's sustainable. Yeah. And I just think people need to know that this is a season, it's not forever. Yeah. Um, you're certainly not making you're not making them wake. You know, there's this idea that if you respond, you're incentivizing them and they're yeah. going to learn, oh, well, if I wake up and cry, I'll get yeah. a cuddle or a feed. My brain, they're not that clever. Yeah. <laughs> it's giving babies way too much credit. <laughs> they're not capable of that kind of manipulation or um, <laughs> rational thought. And um, it's the same though, you know, like if you, if, the part of your brain that sort of would wake you for something is is switched off when you're asleep you know in the same way that if, you know i love cheesecake but if there was a cheesecake lying next to my bed all night i wouldn't wake up for the cheesecake yeah. i'd be asleep you know yeah, but yeah. if i woke up because i needed the loo yeah. or yeah. <laughs> it was cold yeah, yeah, yeah. and i saw the cheesecake <laughs> then maybe i'd have a nibble but yeah. you know or maybe i wouldn't i don't know you yeah. know no totally so, you know you're not you're never making your baby wake up more babies yeah. you know and i think it's important to remember as well especially if any new parents listening to this that that waking frequently is a safety mechanism. Yeah. Um, so if you have a baby that naturally is very sleepy, please don't worry. Like I think at yeah. the same time, you know, it can be scary then if your baby is then doing a six hour stint, you're like, oh no, they're not safe. But yeah. generally babies wake frequently because they have, because they need to, because it keeps them safe. Yeah. Um, they need to, you know, they've got lots of vulnerabilities and waking is part of that survival mechanism. Yeah. What point would you recommend that someone, for example, came to see yeah. you? Um, normal is such a huge spectrum. Yeah. And really also the word normal, don't love it. Because yeah. what is normal, like, yeah. you know, we're all totally different. Yeah. But um, yeah, for want of a better word. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, for one thing, it's, it's actually really hard, like from an academic level, um, to, to measure normal infant sleep. Because for a long time, we've relied on parental reports. But as technology gets better, what we found is actually that parents are terrible reporters of their infant sleep. And so for a long time, we had a lot of data that said that X amount of six months olds were sleeping through the night. But actually what that meant was the parent wasn't hearing them wake <laughs> or they right. um, overreported how many times they woke or they underreported. So when we actually look during using objective measures, we find that babies are far more wakeful, actually, than culturally what we expect them to be. Right. So there's some really interesting studies about like, you know, a common... Um, one that people like me will say is that 80% of babies aged um, six to 12 months are waking um, at least three times a night. You know, that's one to three times is very much the norm. Um, But that's not to say that I think about, say, 10% of babies are waking four or more times a night. And that can feel really lonely if you're in the four, five, six, seven, (laughs) eight time wakes a night club. And you think, am I not normal? Is that, is that a red flag? And it's not always like sometimes it is just who they are, where they're at, what's going on. It's, it's yeah. often, like, it's it's probably nothing to do with what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the hardest thing, I think, about my job, is that sometimes it is just who the child is. It's just what they yeah. need. Yeah. Um, and, and they're just maybe they're particularly sensitive. They're really light sleepers. Yeah. They maybe, yeah, do just need a lot of night feeds because that's what their body needs. That's yeah. kind of how they are. Um, 
So, it, yeah, it's really hard to say. And, but, you know, even 10% of babies waking four or more times, that's still, like, one in ten. Like, if you go to yeah. a baby group, you think, yeah, yeah. there's still, like, a couple of you in here who are guaranteed to be waking yeah. four or five times a night at this age. Um, so... When would you recommend someone comes to see you? Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know... I'm really, this is maybe bad business, but I do think that not everyone needs a sleep consultant. You know, I would, um, you know, if you're, I think it comes down to whether you feel like you're in a sustainable place or yeah. not. And if you can ride out this wave and if you feel like this might just be a bad patch, yeah. I'm just going to knuckle down and yeah. trust my gut and just go with it, lean in. Or do I feel like actually, yeah, my baby is, something doesn't feel right yeah. in my gut. Um, I'm not sure this situation is sustainable or you know, sometimes I work with people whose partners feel really, really differently as well. And so, yeah. um Yeah, that's difficult. It's like a bit of marriage counselling or something. <laughs> like, I'm not qualified that. But, you know, it's like coming together to yeah. come up with a plan. plan. Because sometimes we can't control how the child sleeps, but we can control other elements. We yeah. can control about, we can think about how we can actually support everyone in the family. So can we split up the nights in a way? Yeah. Can we... Can one parent lead on the mornings and give the other person a break? Can yeah. we come up with a plan for that? So it's, sometimes it's not even about the child's child, sleep. Yeah. It's about the whole the whole 24 hours yeah. for everyone um, and understanding. And, you know, something I'm really, really passionate about is education and understanding about what is normal and why children sleep differently. Yeah. And um, so sometimes it is... I have sessions with people where it's just understanding what is going on for an eight-month-old. Yeah. Why are they so wakeful? Or what what is developmentally happening for a two-and-a-half-year-old? Like, why are they so nuts, you know? Because <laughs> toddler, toddler sleep is crazy. And, um, you know, you can go from having months and months of really great nights and settled sleep to suddenly having them up again like they were a newborn. And you that can be a real shock for some parents. Yeah, Other kids, you know, don't have those kinds of things, but... When I look at my own friends, anyway, everyone's gone up and down, down and yeah, definitely. difficult phases and illness and separation anxiety and all this stuff. So I think it's just about understanding about what is normal yeah. um, and, and what is your gut saying and is your baby really struggling and unsettled? Um, but yeah, that's, and that's why I suppose like a big part of the work that I do, like my podcast and I... I have various webinars and guides that I sell as well so that people can learn about what is normal and yeah. what um, what... Yeah, it comes down to like what can I control and what can't I control, and um, a really big part of that I think is like looking after yourself as a, as a mother. Yeah. I suppose obviously like dads are important too, but I I do think that if you are a mother and you are a primary caregiver, a lot of the time um, your sleep has nothing to do with the baby. So thinking like about things like your iron levels and your yeah. are you taking your vitamin D supplements yeah. and and yeah, and what's going on with your menstrual cycle yeah. and yeah, know, like totally. yeah, all yeah, of these definitely. things, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, like when I learned about how the menstrual cycle affects sleep and things like that and just women's health in general, we overlook our own well-being constantly. Yeah. And like, are you eating well? Are yeah. you going to bed dehydrated and yeah. malnourished or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, are you living off coffee yeah. and croissants grabbed on the go? Yeah. And are you actually looking after yourself? I think that's so important when it comes yeah. to your child's sleep. Because, um, yeah, there have been times when I've had terrible sleep. My son's been fine. And I've had to look at other things. I was like, oh, it's not always just about the baby. Sometimes yeah. it's no, totally. a whole other a whole other situation. Yeah, no, it's so true. I think because <laughs> when we think about that cave woman, that's the other thing. She wasn't doing it on her own. Yeah. She wasn't. Well, exactly. She was not on in a cave all day on her own with a no. baby. She was no. having other people yeah. care for the child yeah. with her, look after her, yeah. mother her. Yeah. And I think that is like the, a really huge problem in yeah. the way that we parent today is that we are all 
mostly doing it in a very unnatural way yeah. that goes against our evolution. And yeah. so it's all well and good being like, respond to your baby, do what feels right. Yeah. But if you don't have the support to do that, yeah. then, you know, there's so much focus on self-care, self-care, but it's like you need community care as well. Yeah. And ev- everything really is a season. Like that, that's, <laughs> that helps me all yeah. the time because, you know, I'm a mum to a young child and it is up and down and... and yeah. I don't know what bug he's going to bring home from nursery or what emotional thing he's going to suddenly start going through. So just remembering that I think when you're in the middle of um, a tough patch, I certainly do this. I think this is it forever. I can I can catastrophize, you know, it's like, that's it. I'm never going to sleep again. What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) I can't cope with this. And this is forever. And just remembering, actually, nothing is forever. Yeah. I think that really helps me. And also remembering that, like, I've been through hard times before and I've survived them, so I'll yeah. survive this too. Yeah. But I think that's hard when you're, like, a few weeks or months in and you haven't, like, built up that resilience yeah. yet and you haven't kind of, you haven't come up for air yet. Yeah. But I suppose that's the benefit of, yeah, having yeah. a bit more experience is knowing that it, that it just doesn't last. And it goes it goes fast. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it's, feel yeah, like it, it at the time, does it? Honestly, but, where has my newborn gone? I, I just know. can't believe it. So you mentioned earlier um, the hardest part of your job. What's the thing you love the most? Oh, I, it's it's so rewarding and I'm so lucky. Um, I love I love working with people, I suppose. I think I think parents are amazing. Yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> I think they're incredible. I just think, um, and getting to see people, um, I you know, the people I work with, they're such dedicated, like, amazing people like parent loving parents and getting I suppose when you work with someone and then you can improve a, a really difficult situation that is incredibly rewarding yeah. and it's just a really lovely feeling yeah um so yeah it's it's yeah. nice I mean yeah it's nice helping people I guess yeah. and getting to know them and, no totally yeah. do you have any um kind of learnings or musings to share kind of top tips of kind of um families that have come to you things that you've learned along the way that you can yeah, that you can share and you think might be helpful for anyone kind of yeah going through Yeah, issues. there are some easy wins, I suppose, you know. <laughs> like there are some, I guess, uh, thinking about your, like, your body clock. So sometimes yeah. just having, obviously, like if you've got a newborn, just do whatever gets you through. Like don't worry, <laughs> you know, there's no rush to ha- be on a routine, yeah. be on a schedule, like take your time. But, you know, say if you've got an older baby, they're five, six month old and you're looking for a bit of structure, Waking them at the same time every day can be yeah. helpful. Yeah. Um, having a little bit of a rhythm to your day, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to sleep. Naps have to be at 9.01 every single morning for this many like, length of time. But yeah. having a bit of a pattern to your day yeah. of doing similar-ish things at similar times can be helpful for some children. Yeah. Um, I think ultimately that's about learning who your child is because yeah. um, some Babies are very, they have a really strong sense of rhythmicity and they will just nap at the same times every day without you even trying and others will really fight it. So if you have a baby who doesn't (laughs) have much of a rhythm, then like understand that's who they are and give yourself a break. I think, you know, the the main thing is just try to get to know your child, try to get to know yourself and um, try not to focus too much on what you should be doing and try and think more about what works for your family. Yeah. yeah, and like I say, like, you know, safety and calm and security around sleep are important. So if your child sleeps best in a sling on your chest, that's absolutely fine, yeah. you know, just because we might have an idea that all naps should be in a cot. Yeah. Doesn't mean that that's right for your family. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. doesn't mean that your child won't ever nap in a cot either. It's yeah. just where you are right now. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly could never put my son down 
for any naps for a really long time. And I thought, oh, this is it. I'll, he'll be napping on me when he's like two. He wasn't, you know, it changes yeah. all yeah, the time. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Sleep change, it just changes so much. Yeah. Your child changes. And even if you've got a really young baby right now and they're maybe a few weeks old, think about them two weeks ago and how different they were then. Yeah. You can't imagine what your child's going to be like in six months time. They're going to be totally different with different needs and preferences. And, and so you can always adapt and roll with it. Your, your adult brain never changes more in your whole life than it does after yeah. having a baby. So that level of obsession, like it, it is there yeah, for a reason. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a survival mechanism. Yeah. So how has having a baby yourself or having and kind of him growing up um, sort of changed how or sort of, yeah, shaped your yeah. work and, and how you work with, with other families as well? Well, I always think I would never ask another family to do something that I wouldn't do. For my, okay. for my own family, like yeah. that's always like, you know, would I do that? You know, would I make that change? Yeah. No. <laughs> so I think that's important. Yeah. Um, I think like he is a great teacher and, um, you know, constantly humbling me. And <laughs> whenever you think you're like nailing motherhood, I'll just be like, no. <laughs> it's but a this new is, challenge. Yeah, this is actually my next question. Do you do you often get asked, oh, does your yeah. baby seat, child seat through the night? Yeah, it, I actually hate telling people what I do for a living. How old is, how old is he? He's now? three. Not, he's, th- he's three. He's Yeah, he's he'll be four in the summer. So. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you must get that a lot. I hate it. It's, I thought it would be... <laughs> Because I love talking about other people's sleep. Like, yeah. I'm still really nosy. And I've got a lot of questions about Reuben. But, um, so I thought it'd be great. We'll talk about sleep all the time. But, yeah, people either think... They, they'll say things like, oh, so you've got a perfect sleeper. And I'll be yeah. like, no, he's a child. Like, I wish. Yeah. Um, um, it's funny, that though, isn't it? How just because, you know, that is your you know your profession your expertise yeah. that there is the assumption that also you have just kind of got it all figured out and that there is a a manual yeah and you you, you know you, yeah. you know it all yeah that's and, it yeah yeah, yeah. um and like touch word like I think he is actually an all right sleeper I think I did actually get quite lucky in the end yeah. and I guess I do know I suppose so, uh, there is some stuff you know yeah, like, totally um or rather, I suppose, like, you know, at the moment, for example, we've gone into this cycle of early waking. So he was up at five today. and But I guess, like, I know what I need to do yeah. to change it, yeah. um, which is quite, I guess, nice um, position to be in. But, yeah. um, but then I say that, but I've definitely had periods where I've... <laughs> you feel like you've known and then you've tried it. I've tried it, it, it hasn't yeah. worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I think I thought, I used to think that, like, if you had a good sleeper, it must have meant that you were a good mum. Obviously, Ancestors is a feminine care brand, so I do like to ask this question. If you have any musings, learnings, any comments on things like um, body image, kind of, um, yeah, with the kind of newborns, you mentioned menstrual cycle as yeah, well. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything... I mean, I I've, I love talking about periods. <laughs> I think they're so important. <laughs> um, and I think it wasn't until I became a mum or I started to try to get pregnant. I just was so ignorant about yeah, well, so I think, much. I think a lot. I mean, yeah. a lot of people are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, God, where to start? I mean, like I say, like matrescence is such a big thing. You know, your yeah. your everything is going to change. Yeah. Um, I, I really hate the like the the snapback culture. This idea that you're yeah. going to go back to something because actually, I think it's really limiting. I think you're better than ever. Like yeah. I, you know, I think I'm braver, yeah. bolshier, more confident. Yeah. You know, I don't actually want to go 
back Get to the person I was totally. before. Um, no offence to her, she was yeah. lovely, but um, I think yeah. I'm a better version of myself. And yeah. I think when I look at the women I know, I think that about them. I yeah. think they get better and better. So yeah. this idea that I have to like go back into what I was like in my 20s yeah. is really annoying. Um, um, but at the same time, it can feel really disorientating being in a body that looks different, feels yeah. different. Um uh, and that is a hard pro- it's a hard process yeah. like it is difficult to go through definitely um, I think there's a massive adjustment yeah and I definitely don't think people talk about it very no. much <laughs> I yeah I and, and part of, you know that's part of the reason why we're, why we're, why I'm here why um, this podcast is kind of so personal because I just was astounded yeah I you know there's I think it's a you know motherhood and childbirth is incredible, but there is always like you know there was this discussion of sort of a village and times have changed so much and yeah. of course you know a lot of people either don't have their family around them so they have to find you know support with friends or from a sort of you know yeah professional perspective you know if there's something wrong but they don't know who you know who to seek out it's it is isolating mm-hmm. um, and on top of that you know all these kind of crazy thoughts going on in your head how you feel about your body. Or maybe, you know, having a baby that doesn't sleep um, and not having enough sleep. And I, I definitely think there's, for me anyway, a correlation between being overtired and kind of worry, anxiety, yeah. going into overload. Yeah. Um, because there's been a couple of days where I've just been, you know, the absolute kind of end of my tether. And I, yeah, actually... Although I know I'm tired, the thing I struggle with the most is these kind of crazy, completely overbearing thoughts going on in my brain. Yeah. And then I have that moment where I'm like, I'm just tired. I yeah. think I just need to get a really good night's sleep. Yeah. And actually, the next day, I normally feel better. But I think, yeah, all of these things, you just, they are quite interlinked, but we, we really don't talk about them very no. much. <laughs> and, and understanding my menstrual cycle has been a really big part of that as well, because, yeah. like... I, I, my son goes to nursery for three days a week. And yeah. so I have these two days and I don't know why, but for some reason, my Friday off with him always coincides with me having terrible PMS and having oh, slept no. awfully. And then I'm just a horrible person. Yeah. Like I just, but like understanding that and being like, you know what, this is just, totally. um, and for me actually, like I had ignored my sort of, my, my my menstrual cycle for years and years and years as yeah. lots of us do and then I discovered actually I have quite bad PMS like I went and spoke to my doctor about yeah. it um and I've learned actually there are things I could do to help with that yeah you don't just have to put up with it um and thinking about like what can like what can I what do I really need to prioritize yeah. in that part of my cycle yeah um and then giving myself a break so yeah. that uh and thinking about like what can I do on those days with my son where I that isn't going to turn me into an even worse version of myself, where I'm not going to be snapping and grumpy yeah. and um, miserable all day or resenting it or, you know. So what can I do? Like, you know, for, for me, like, I think fresh air and, and walking and being outside yeah, in nature is really agree. important, yeah. um, especially on tired days. Yeah. Um, that was the best advice, actually, actually, that a friend gave to oh, me in motherhood. She was like, just get outside every day yeah like even if you just walk to the end of your road, road yeah to buy like a pint of milk uh, yeah do it like yeah. and there so are certain true. days when I've got to like I remember when my son was quite little you'd get to like three four o'clock mm. and it's winter and the sun is setting yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like oh my god yeah that to be fair I have had a couple of things yeah <laughs> and you know what? I just <laughs> live near a Lidl and it's such a like it's not the most exciting place to I go it's quite exciting but like a trip to Lidl would just be it would bring me back from the brink. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Um, you are heard. So now we're going to move on to the kind of end of our um, podcast. Yeah. So we're going to start with quick fire questions. Okay. So favourite quote, motto or affirmation? 
I think this too shall pass. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, Yeah, love that. My go to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Amount of sleep you're currently averaging a night. Oh, oh, everyone's going to hate me. (laughs) I'm sleeping a lot. Great. No, do you know what? Embrace it. Okay. And enjoy it. I feel guilty. You shouldn't. Absolutely. No, no. We, we, you cannot feel guilty for that. That is, um, yeah, enjoy it. Best parenting hack. Oh, uh, quite broad. But anything. Oh. You know, we're talking about weaning. Yes. <laughs> this is a specific issue, but it's say I've changed my life at no, the moment. No, please do share. So my son was so easy to wean. Like I was so smug about it. He ate everything. Amazing. And I was like, just, oh, I've nailed it. And then obviously that changed like overnight, dramatically in about 18 months. And he just would then only eat beige food for like a year and a half. And I was just, wouldn't eat anything other than like bread, basically. <laughs> I was beside myself. Anyway, we've he's now getting better again. Now he's older, but... um. To say, if you've got a child that doesn't want to try something new, and obviously like, if they're verbal, so like two-ish, yeah. say to them, <laughs> I read this on Instagram, but say to them, like, instead of like, just try it, well, give, put it in your mouth, give it a go, just don't try it. Yeah. Saying to them, do you think it's crunchy or soft? Or Ooh. what do you think that feels like on your tongue? Do you think that's hot? And like my son, he can't resist the curiosity <laughs> of it. And he's like, oh. Love that. And now he's trying like everything because he's like playing this game. So maybe my best parenting hack is... When you can, try to make things into games and fun. Yeah, gamify, love. Yeah, you know, like make things silly and fun. Kids like play and fun and that's how they learn. So, so often we can get into these battles with our kids where we're like, do this, do that. It's time to go to bed. Why aren't you going to bed? But instead of like, if they're not wanting to go to bed or they're finding it hard to get up from what they're doing to go to nap time, yeah, make it into like a silly game. Like yeah. race like a penguin or yeah. hop like a bunny or do silly things. Like yeah. try and make it fun. Ooh. That's my parenting hat. Piece of uh, sleep advice for a parent adjusting to newborn life. Um, oh god, so it's very early days. Yeah. Um, if if you can't sleep when the baby sleeps, then rest. Yes. Questions it's impossible to answer. When should I move my baby to their own room? Yeah. Whenever you want to. Well, so okay. Actually, I'd caveat that with. The safe sleep guidance says yes. not before six, six months. months. <laughs> yes. Um, and in some countries, it's 12 months. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah. But, you know, you could move them into their room and move with them before six months yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but I would say when you're ready, I think there can be this, like, six months is this deadline. And yeah. then I remember when my son turned six months, everyone was like, right, we're all doing it. And they, it yeah. might be, you know, it might be seven months. It might be two years. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Every, every child's different. And when will my baby sleep through the night? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but one thing I will say is that it's not going to be a fixed milestone. So, yeah. well, I think I think if if anything, kind of one of the biggest things that's come out of what the kind of discussions we've been having is that um, every day is different and things yeah. change all the time. Yeah. So if you are really having a bad spell, that either there's you know the options of a sleep consultant or there's the next day which actually things might change completely yeah. so I think it's um knowing that and actually I did I think I saw this on your Instagram um uh you know it won't last forever like your your baby will sleep yeah myth busters um so you can just say true or false or uh yeah true or false so um formula helps babies sleep longer false <laughs> if you think about it like it makes no sense um yeah. I also think if you actually look at the countries with the lowest breastfeeding rates, they also have the highest sleep training rates. Yeah. So, like, in the UK and the US, we have, like, some of the lowest breastfeeding, breastfeeding rates in the yeah. world. But these are the places where sleep training is incredibly... 
widespread. So yeah. if, if formula was just this magic sleep potion, mm. then we wouldn't need to like yeah. sleep chain. chain. Yeah. <laughs> they would just so sleep. Chain. You know, yeah. it's just, um, it would be lovely if that was true as well. And, you know, as someone, I had a really difficult breastfeeding experience and my son was combination fed. And when I started giving him more formula, people would be like, oh, well, at least he'll sleep. sleep. better. And I was like, yeah, no, that is, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm really upset about how breastfeeding went, but yeah, at least I'll get to sleep. <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> if anything, it made him worse. Yeah. So I was really angry about that one. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not, a, it's not a magic potion um, yeah. to sleep. And there was a really, really great study done on babies aged six to twelve months that found that looked at the two, like you know, formula and breastfed babies, and there was absolutely no difference in the waking yeah. patterns after the age of six months. Before six months, there can be a there can yeah. be a difference, um, but after after six months, literally zero. Um, it's just that the breastfed babies were more likely to be fed in the night because that's, I suppose, an, a settling tool that yeah. those those parents had that the formula feeding. You know, it's hard to make a bottle in the night. You're not going to do that at every wake, yeah. but the waking pattern was the same, same. whether you fed or not. It yeah. just was how you, a different response pattern. Yeah. So I think that's really reassuring for mums because I think if you're breastfeeding, you're constantly told. That's the reason that they wake, yeah. and it's not true. Um, yeah. And there's some research to say that breastfeeding mums get more sleep in the first three months than bottle feeding yeah. because it is you can just it's easy it's really it's, yeah, easy, easier yeah, yeah. like physically yeah. you're not having to get up and, and do all of that. So yeah, I interesting. Know. Yeah, but it's it's a myth. It really <laughs> Babies need to learn to link sleep cycles. Yeah, this is a really frustrating. Well, that is a myth. Okay. Um, everyone can link sleep cycles. Babies link them in the womb. You know we dream in the womb we yeah. sleep um if your baby has ever slept for more than 45 minutes at a time they've linked a sleep cycle oh, interesting. you know it's not a skill i suppose yeah. it's just that um it's normal for babies to rouse between sleep cycles yeah. and, and wake more fully than but all of us like no one sleeps through the night you know every single adult wakes every couple of hours in the yeah. night and we just don't remember it yeah um but if we need something, we will get up and, and fix that need for ourselves. But obviously, babies can't do that. Yeah. So um, this whole, like, they need to learn to link sleep cycles is is a myth. Because what you see then, it doesn't make any sense. So say you teach them to link sleep cycles by teaching them to self-settle and do sleep training. Then then they'll often, like, you'll see, like, maybe a month later, they'll start teething. Or they'll, you'll, I don't know, you'll... They'll go, you'll go on holiday and change your routine or change yeah. the environment. During time zones. It's like, have they just lost the skill? Has yeah. it just disappeared yeah, yeah. entirely? Totally. Have they forgotten how to do yeah. it? Like, yeah. no other So it's skill. innate. Yeah, it, it's just yeah. something we do. And if, yeah, we just, we all, yeah. we're all linking sleep cycles from birth. Yeah. But if you've got something, yeah, if you've got a need that's stopping you go into the next sleep cycle, then as a baby, you're going to cry and wake and communicate it because yeah. you can't meet your own needs. Whereas as an adult, you can just take a sip of water, pop yeah. to loo, yeah. put on a blanket Babies just need to yeah. <laughs> make noise. Yeah, and, make noise. Yeah. Known. <laughs> yeah. Finally, um, your baby will get used to co-sleeping and then won't be able to settle in their own room. Oh, that's a myth. That's such a, that's so, everyone knows someone, don't they? Like your cousin's yeah. neighbours. I think that's actually a generational yeah. thing. I've yeah. heard lots of parents yeah. say that type of thing. Yeah, like literally my, my, my mother, my mother-in-law who I love, she's brilliant. I've got a really good relationship with her, but she told me at, at the weekend about someone who was, who was co-sleeping with her 17-year-old. 
like that's such an extreme example that is an extreme example i mean i've never heard of that she saw it on a tv show i don't know okay. but i was like that's probably a lot to unpick there yeah, yeah it was yeah. like a mother and her that 17 year old son yeah. and i was like that's not a co-sleeping issue that's not because they didn't go in a cot <laughs> oh, when they were a baby that's like a whole other whole other situation yeah. um but yeah everyone knows someone who's got a nine-year-old they can't get out yeah. of their bed or they you know so i think there's a lot of like fear about like creating habits or setting up the, the a pattern that you can't change later but the truth is what we know is that the independence comes after total and utter dependence so the more you can kind of meet your child's emotional needs in early infancy and make sleep a really safe experience the more likely they are to be independent later um and like I say you know my, my own child was so happy sleeping independently from like eight months to two to three yeah and then he's going through something at the moment and he wants that support again we, we might change it. Like, mm. I'm not saying this is going to be us now for the next 10 years, yeah. but he will change, we will change, yeah. we'll talk to him, he'll yeah. be able to understand more yeah. about boundaries we're going to think about. You know, it's, it's an ever-evolving situation, but I think there's this idea that babies are kind of these things we're programming. And yeah. then, you know, so there's a really old-fashioned idea that you used, if you, if you cuddled your baby too much, they would expect more cuddles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the opposite. If you yeah. don't cuddle them enough, they become... They want more. They want more yeah. and anxious. They want them to have you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, pulling away from... Or, like, not meeting someone's emotional needs doesn't stop their needs being there. They just come out in other ways. Yeah. It's the same if you have a relationship with anyone, a friend or a partner, and they start pulling away from you. It doesn't make you feel more secure. Yeah. It makes you feel the opposite. Upset, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, don't Total worry myth. about about creating bad habits or you can you you're you're the parent you can change things at any time yeah you know you are in control there are ways to shift things work you know and everyone's different and some children really need it and some children don't and if you have a child that really needs a lot of closeness overnight it's not because you've done anything wrong and it's not because you've created that it's probably just who they are and where they're at right now Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hannah, for joining us today. Um, Hannah's Instagram page, Little Nestle, which we'll put in podcast notes, uh, is full of useful posts and videos. So do give her a follow. Equally, if you're really struggling with your baby or toddler's sleep, Hannah offers one-to-one or um, group sessions as well for parents, in addition to sleep guides and also webinars too. So do take a look at her Instagram page and website. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week. Thank you so much for having Thank me. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you.